0: Pride Institute is an LGBTQ-specific treatment center for substance use disorder and addiction. Pride was first opened in 1986 as a direct response to the HIV-AIDS pandemic. We provide care to adults 18 plus in residential and outpatient settings. I'm Luke. And I'm Kaylee. And together, we are the co-hosts of the Proud Voices podcast for Pride Institute. Alright, hello everyone. We are here today with James and Matt from the Aliveness Project. The Aliveness Project is someone um, that Pride Institute works very closely with. So why don't you two tell us a little bit about what you do? Uh, what is the Aliveness Project?
1: I'm Matthew Hoppe. I'm the director of clinical services at the Aliveness Project. Um, I oversee outreach and prevention and also um, started Thrive, uh, the Aliveness is totally free prep clinic
2: Mm. i'm james mcmurray director of social services i oversee um case management which is case management medical and non-medical i have a housing team also um, medical nutrition therapy and one mental health therapist and some interns Mm -hmm.
0: james where else do you work
2: i also work at pride institute
0: (laughs) (laughs) um awesome so, uh, Matt, I wonder if you can kind of speak a little bit about the history of Aliveness Project and when it came to be and um, where it is, I guess, in relation to uh, the Twin Cities. The
1: Aliveness Project has been around... 30? 30, 30, 36 years. Five, 36 years. Started with, uh, like, meals, um, you know, people living with HIV getting together and having that community and that kind of potluck. And, you know, mm-hmm. since then, You know, the the last building was at 38th in Chicago, right by George Floyd Square. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, we've been in this building for seven or eight years now, I believe, and just continue to grow. We're outgrowing this building now Mm -hmm. as well. Um, But, you know, aliveness is for people living with HIV. Um, It's a safe space. You know, we have hot meals every day um, and it gives everybody that community. And, you know, especially now with COVID, you know, we we really saw the need um, for that to come back. Um, But we do hot meals Monday through Friday. Um, We have a great food shelf that members can get um, up to 65 pounds of food once a month. Uh, For this month, they can get it twice a month. We have case management, we have housing programs, we have mental health, we have uh, dietitian outreach and prevention. Uh, we're just launching uh, Minnesota's first um, mobile syringe exchange. Mm, it's all um, important. And uh, actually just had a meeting today with the commissioner of the Department of Corrections, so Aliveness may be getting into the Department of Corrections to help do more harm reduction and get people linked to those preventative type services while in jail and when they get out.
0: That's so important. And can you talk a little bit about why harm reduction is important? Because it is mind boggling to me when like publicly elected officials who are in the United States Congress like are bashing um, things like syringe exchange or um, other things. Can you talk a little bit about why that's important?
2: I say one the the big thing for us really is is cutting down on stigma. Mm-hmm. So if a person needs a needle or needs to exchange their syringes, we don't ask questions. Mm-hmm. We just do it, and it also gives us an opportunity to assist someone. So they we know they're utilizing clean syringes. We also give them the container to expo- dispose them as well. So. Um, I mean, it's just great conversations. And without just getting with someone and immediately saying, stop it today. Mm -hmm. We know it's not always that easy, so it takes some time. And while we're doing harm reduction, we are doing education Mm -hmm. on the importance of, you know, how can we cut back? How do we, you know, we're just really looking at uh, treatment plans with them. Mm -hmm. And, you
1: know, harm reduction, you, you can build that rapport with people. So I may not be ready to stop today, but next week, I'm ready to be over this, and I already have that connection with the outreach workers and aliveness, so I can be like, hey, Joe, uh, I'm ready to quit. Can you help me? And we can get them linked to numerous treatment centers that we have uh, great rapport with that we've been working closely with.
0: Mm-hmm. On that topic, um, I know that Pride and Aliveness obviously we partner together, and every Thursday you all come out and do um, stigma and shame. Um, Can you kind of walk our listeners through the kind of work that takes place there and um, what you all do for the community?
1: We have a group that goes out, the outreach group that talks about stigma and shame related to HIV, and they talk to the. They also have a A plus group that they see out at pride for people living with hiv and also wednesdays i now go out there every wednesday and do all their sti testing mm-hmm. and get people started on prep and you know it's just like mental health chemical dependency you know we need to talk about it it's it, it's normal mm-hmm. um, i mean it
2: And when someone leaves Pride, we've had on our first first Tuesday of the month, first Tuesday of the month and third Tuesday, we do a um, group at A-plus at Aliveness. So members can come there. We also have had people that are Mm non-members. So it could be someone that is HIV positive and hasn't signed up. I mean, I think there's just a lot of things that we've done when we were talking earlier and you were sharing the experience of Aliveness. It made me think about, we work largely with a lot of people that are not positive either. So we get, on your with PrEP for you, with my SOAR program, they don't have to be positive. They don't have to be a member either. Um, So at this point, we're just sort of spreading out and seeing what we can do for the entire community. That's awesome.
0: You mentioned a little bit about PrEP. I'm just wondering if you can talk more about PrEP, what it is, uh, who can benefit from it.
1: Anybody who's not HIV positive can benefit from PrEP. It's a pre-exposure prophylaxis. It's a one pill a day that um, reduces the chance of contracting HIV through sexual intercourse um, by 99.9%, and it reduces the risk of HIV transmission through um, needles if you're an IV drug user um, by 75-ish percent. There is it's very easy it's you know come in and see me i'll draw some blood we'll do a rapid hiv test and you'll leave with a seven-day starter pack the same day Mm -hmm. there's no cost um, for labs for the office visit Um, you don't have to have insurance you know it the days of pushing condom use um i mean we, we we still want people to practice safe sex but Realistically, nobody really wants to use condoms. So, Uh um, and and you don't have to if you're on prep, and you know, if someone is HIV positive and they're taking their meds, their virus is suppressed. They're undetectable. Undetectable equals untransmittable. It's the new condom. Yeah, Mm -hmm.
0: no, that's a really good way of putting it. And of course, like you can still get chlamydia, gonorrhea, and, and everything like that, but. I think with HIV, there's such a heightened stigma versus the other ones, because it's this idea of like, you know, some of my friends have HIV. They're like, yeah, like people will literally flat out ask, like, are you clean or dirty? And it's like, don't ask me that. I'm not dirty. Like, so when you talk about stigma and shame, it's like that's very different than other STIs. Yes. Um, as far as, um, something that was interesting in the news recently, I saw like in the UK that there was actually a higher number of people who've contracted HIV who are heterosexual than, um, homosexuals. And so I wonder, um, do you have any research on that or any data on, on that or can speak to? Cause I think historically, like people have just always been like, oh, that's a disease for gays it's and it's yeah, God it's coming it's after <laughs> like the gays. And I just found that to be so interesting.
2: I sort of did this. I, I think for me personally, one of the things that I'm seeing, you know, being here in Minnesota is even if you think about judgment, there are some, there's so many, I'm going to say men as a man that sleeps with men. There's so many men that are bisexual or that are still down low in the closet that mm-hmm. are married. So you are still outdoing everything and. And I think for today we're going by a look. People are still judging and saying, You look good or you look clean, not knowing what my status is. And you know, it's it could be transmitted that way and you know and passed on to the other person without really knowing. Um and somebody, you know, some heterosexual wife is there and doesn't know that there's a whole nother world. That's mm-hmm. one of the things that pop in my head here and there. Um I don't know the other reasons, but I'm on the Minnesota HIV AIDS care and prevention team in our council, and we meet monthly and we have seen the same numbers in the suburbs of females. And I was a little alarmed, I was like, wow. So you don't really, at this point, you can't point a finger and say, it's just for, I remember at one time it was just gay white men, Mm -hmm. you know, and the the disease does not discriminate, so.
0: Um, As far as your patient population, who can go and access services with you all?
2: Anybody, whether
1: for PrEP, as long as you're not living with HIV, you can come see us. Mm -hmm. Any other services at Aliveness, um, the only requirement, I guess, to be a member is to be living with HIV. Mm
0: -hmm. And do you see people from all walks of life, um, age demographics? um, Do you help people throughout the state of Minnesota or is it strictly services in the Twin Cities?
2: We're outside of—well, we're, we're just in Minnesota, but we're definitely outside of the Twin Cities. So we do have, like, greater Minnesota. We work closely with RAN. Um, what is RAN? It is the mm-hmm. rural, air, rural, rural Area AIDS Network or something like that. It's, mm-hmm. They do the same thing that we do. Um, okay. I just call it—we do a lot of acronyms and may not know what they— <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so, um, but they do the same services, and we connect with them to make sure that— um, maybe somebody's moving. Um, Yesterday I worked with YAP, which is a youth AIDS um, project. So I worked with them yesterday and they're anywhere from 16 to 28 and they phase out 30s too old to be in that program. But yesterday Mm -hmm. I worked with their team to figure out they're starting up housing. So we started communicating and saying what housing programs are out there, which grants that I have, how did I get the grant, uh, what can they do to improve their case management And then as earlier, Matt was talking about our demographics as far as HIV, one of my programs too, my SOAR program, which is a state opiate related program, a person can be positive or a negative, and it can be anyone, so they don't have to be a member. Um, Susan has sent some people to me, I've gotten several people from Pride. Mm -hmm. Um, We do the funding there, will help you get into um, like a sober house or your apartment, or if you're in a place and trying to stay in that place, I can pay to keep you there. Mm. And it's a one-time use. So it's been a great program. It ends in September this year.
0: That, that is great. Um, can you talk about the interconnectedness between people who are using or in recovery and HIV and maybe some um, data, if you have any of that, as far as, like, um, are they more susceptible to contracting HIV? Because um, I know, like... Pride's Bread and Butter is the meth and men group, right? And a lot of the people who are in that group um, tend to be positive. Um, so if you can speak to that.
2: And I would say, some, for me, sometimes even if they're not positive, they seem like they're headed that way. Or eventually I'll chat with somebody that's been negative for so long and then all of a sudden they're positive. But I think it still beco- it comes down to when you're using, you still have your community. And mm-hmm. somebody in that community has it, but you're not asking. Mm-hmm. And also when you're using, you're not thinking about medications. Mm-hmm. I don't need to take this. I feel good. I'm with the people that love me. And so at that point, you know, some of them go are no longer virally suppressed so at that point it's easy to pass it on and i think you know like i said when you're using you're probably not thinking about those things at the moment
0: totally what are i guess best practices for getting screened um, if you aren't on prep or what would you recommend to someone who's sexually active
2: Well, we've talked about PrEP. Matt also does. When you mention other things, Matt also, you test for all other STIs. Mm -hmm. So we do that as well. So if a person comes to Alignist, we can test them for gonorrhea, chlamydia, syphilis, and anything else that's out there. Mm -hmm. Because I send people your way. Mm
1: -hmm. On PrEP, you know, CDC recommends every three months. um, It's a good rule of thumb to go by. Um, Or, you know, if you're having symptoms.
0: Mm -hmm. You
1: know, I've... Recently I've had there's been a lot of um, gonorrhea and chlamydia. Um and a lot of a lot of the people who have tested positive have been asymptomatic. So I mean, you don't have any symptoms, there's nothing wrong, so the transmission rate is more than likely going to be higher.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um so I recommend every three months. Mm-hmm.
0: And then I know prep is a daily pill, but there is conversation about um, possibly having an injectable happen at some point. Is already injectables
1: are already approved. It's called it's called Apertude. Okay. Um, The Humana is the only insurance that's approved it thus far. It's uh, once every two months.
2: It's two injections, the left and
1: right cheek. No, it's one injection. Is that the that's the one? One one injection every two months.
0: Okay.
1: Um, There can be a one month oral lead in. Um, we don't really know what the side effects are completely yet. So, if you do the one month lead in, you'll be able to see the side effects as opposed to doing the injection, which is long acting. And then, if side effects happen, you're just stuck with them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, which is kind of the same with uh, Cabanuva, the injectable HIV med, which is a mo- one month oral lead in and then it's once a month injection. Mm. Um, but labs are them. every two month follow up. There's also a lot of like East and West coast are doing prep on demand. Um, So if you're sexually active, I would recommend taking prep on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. If, if you're not um, and you can plan it a little better, I mean, prep on demand may be better for you. So if I am going to go out on a Friday night and I'm going to hook up, then I'll take two pills that night, and then the next night take another pill. So it's just prep on
0: demand. So you take it when you're planning on having those sexual encounters. So you take it the night of, twice, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. the next day after, like it would be like a morning after, if you will. And then, okay, makes sense. And then you would just, that would be your trend. So when you plan on having sex, you'll, that'll just be when you take prep. It's two one one. Two one one. 2 Oh, so two days after you would take one as well. Got it. Yep. Okay.
1: And, they're, you know, they're also doing studies on doxyprep um which is supposed to help with prevention of stis so it's taking doxycycline uh, antibiotic um on a daily basis to help prevent stis we're not going that way i i don't i mean the thought of taking a daily antibiotic just it's gonna mess with
0: your body too much Mm -hmm. yeah i agree
1: we've talked a lot about gay men um, heterosexual women Um, what about queer identifying women is this something that we should be looking into
0: as well
2: well, same with prep is for everyone. And for all of our services, we don't, once again, we work with everybody that walks through the door and we just went through a training on pronouns. And, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so everybody that comes through, we just, as we get to know them, we identify and help them with whatever is going on at, at that time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The only restriction for women with prep is they, ha- they can't take Descovies, so they can, they're just on Truvada. Yep, okay. Just and what's the difference between the
0: two for our listeners? a bigger pill yeah (laughs) same thing yeah
2: they look the same
0: awesome well thank you both so much for being here Um, and just on the side all of your commercials you've been doing look amazing so thanks for the work you do thank you thank you thank you for joining us on this episode of Proud Voices you can find us where you find all your favorite podcasts don't forget to follow and subscribe we'll see you next time